Weird Norfolk is a magical collection of the unusual and inexplicable in the county. From folklore to ghosts, witchcraft to natural wonders, magic to enchanted places, we tell the kind of stories you share on dark nights around a campfire. I'm Stacia Briggs and I write Weird Norfolk. And I'm Shifa Connor and I curate Weird Norfolk. Welcome to Weird Norfolk. Today, this is kind of a two-part episode in a way because we're talking about two separate incidents but that are actually pretty close to each other in, in the same kind of area. Same parish, or the old parish. Yeah. Although, to be fair, I've never been where I am before, so I'm really disorientated right now. That's quite an <laughs> existential thing yeah, to say. I've never, I've never been, been where, where I, I am, am before. <laughs> Let's just break that down. So where are we? We are in um, a small park, really pretty, lots of trees, and in the middle of it, there's a bombed-out church. Yeah. So the start of your story for this, um, when you wrote this for the EDP, it starts, On the edge of Norwich city centre, a bombed-out church has been reduced to just its tower, but before tragedy hits St Bartholomew's Church in Higham, it was the centre of a frenzied ghost hunt. Yes, it's unusual to think that that might be the case because we are now in an area which is actually really busy um, and although we're sitting in the middle of a, a quite quiet deserted park on a tumulus on a tumulus which is my word of the day tumulus um <laughs> it's surrounded by new builds because obviously this was an area that was absolutely flattened by bombing yes, on the wall and yeah. um, we've got waterworks road crashing away behind us and we're quite close to the infamous corner of um Marlcross Road where there's the old dial house which still has the sundial on it and those who are really old remember an infamous piece of graffiti on there which used to read S. Hewitt is an hour as opposed to the rude word for sex worker it's the way that they spelt it but it was just an hour she was an hour (laughs) and uh, yeah so we are in uh, S. Hewitt is an hour area (laughs) Um, which is part of what used to be Higham Village, which was on the edge of Norwich, but maybe we'll talk about that more later. Mm. Back to the ghost. Yeah, so we... I I stumbled across... I always, like, start where you seem... I seem to start just going, oh, I stumbled across this, but I genuinely <laughs> do just stumble yeah, across that this. that is exactly how we like, it works. Yeah, we, we, I'm looking through old newspapers for other stuff, and then these little kind of pop, bits pop out at me. And the first thing I had, I found it was um, referenced in the East Anglian Handbook in 1885, um, which just like really hints at an incident. It says, just as some 12 years back, they trampled down the graves in St. Bartholomew's churchyard in search of the Higham ghost. And that was literally it. it. I was like, oh... There's got yeah. to be more. There's a story there. So it took, actually took quite a long time to find. I don't know if you remember, because we first published this in like 2019. And it took me quite a long time to actually get enough research together for us to even do a story. Um, then I came across um, an article from 1906 in the Norfolk Chronicle, which shed a little bit more light on it. The, it was written by a correspondent known only as JTV. Is that the same name as the bloke who's on Queer Eye? 
I don't watch that's JVT I don't watch Queer Eye don't you it's not on Disney Plus there we go mention (laughs) the avatar we sorted our advertising carry on Um, so the article says I think the year was 1872 and when the Reverend J. Gilbert Dixon was rector at St. Bartholomew's in Higham it was after the erection of the temporary church in Adelaide Street and before the restoration of the old parish church. Someone do one night... Do you want me to do night, the North Coast yes, then? Someone, someone one night saw something. That was really good. Thank you. I feel, I feel like you should read all of this. <laughs> I'll, do the, I'll do the Norfolk bits. Okay, and said so. Whereupon the roofs of Higham Street took in hand to exercise the sprite and nightly raced about the churchyard, broke down fences and trampled graves flat, hunting for what never once was seen. Yeah, so basically, somebody saw something strange in the graveyard. But there was no, when we first discovered this, there was no description. And I'd heard of other things like this happening. There was one at Great Yarmouth. I don't know if you've ever come across that one at the church the big old St Nicholas St Nicholas yes. uh, really similar thing somebody said they saw something in the graveyard and everyone turned everyone up everyone turned up trying to catch it scare it away whatever in its own way in modern times that's exactly what happens now in a, in a, in a more organised way so for example I saw the other day we posted on our weird Norfolk Facebook site a couple of things and you immediately got people saying shall we go down there and shall I, we I mean, go I'm there I mean I'm totally one of them I'm like yeah. right I want to go and have a look yeah. at that Although not in a kind of trampling down the gravestones, no, this, this searching one, for it. The roofs of Higham sound like quite a terrifying bunch. I'd probably be more scared of them than I would be of a ghost. Yeah, it sounds like they should have a because they they like... ran around with like I don't know if they had baseball bats in Victorian times in in England. They, they, they would have, have done in America. Yeah, so but they were running around with weapons, and it would have been actually quite scary. Um, and also. It's really interesting to think about that where we are now because we're basically sitting, although it's a very lovely park, we're basically sitting in what would have been the graveyard. Yes. And so to actually think that they would have been running here, running, a, run, running a muck, and that whatever muck, they saw was here. Yeah, and it was here. Mm. I don't know. It's quite interesting. Yeah. It is. It is. It's the strangest ruin too, isn't it? Because yeah. it is literally just the tower. And you kind of looked down on by gargoyles. Yeah, kind they're of watching really, us really as we good record. gargoyles, aren't they? And they've blocked off where the nave was yeah. with concrete. You can still see inside the tower. It's full of pigeons, and I love pigeons. Yeah. So pigeons. there was a really sweet little picture of two, ro- like, there's two romantic-looking pigeons. So I took that. Having a bit of a cuddle at the top. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. And the rest is kind of, it almost looks like a stately home parkland. Yeah. With kind of these lime trees here. It's oh, very they're sweet. they're lime, aren't they? Yeah, they're lime. what they were. It's and you really, saw some elderflower. Yeah, there's elderflower. It's very sweet. And there's, there's, you can see the blackberries coming up. It's lovely. It doesn't look like somewhere where a, a bee, well, uh, later we have a description, but yes. we'll wait for that. We'll wait for it. So even in the piece that you, you referred to, it says here, Old Higham Church, as it used to be called, was much more lonely than it is now. There was no centenary school then, no St Bartholomew's Close, nothing but market gardens or allotments next to the oh, church. Oh, so there yard. wasn't anything here There was then. nothing here, no. Oh, that's so, really weird to think, because it's so built up here now. I suppose you would have had behind us, where we sit on this kind of mound, um, looking at the ruin, behind that there's some new flats. Now that area is very densely 
terrace houses, Victorian terraces. We've got waterworks kind of up to the to the east of us. So there was stuff around here, but not but not directly where we are hmm. now. And, and some of these some of the roads, and and obviously we're very close to the Marcross Estate, and hmm. behind us is a whole lot of new builds by the river, and all of that was not there. So it was quite an area where you would be able to grow quite well because you were so close to a water supply. But yeah, it was it was quiet. And the owner of the... Uh, I think it was the owner of the rectory brought the police upon the scene. And it says here, laid not only the ghosts, but those who searched for it. Mm. Um, but it says here it wasn't a lively neighbourhood. And at the time of the scare, it was much more dismal and the story of the ghost and the knowledge that the roughs were out made many people nervous. A variant of the legend made the ghost a white figure on stilts and changed its venue to the Long Avenue by the side of the temporary church, which I think was on Adelaide Street, mm. which is to our north. But I only heard of this after a long, long interval. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's kind of... I mean, I suppose, really, you on top of the fact that here was a ghost allegedly or something that made people so nervous that they came out to look for mm. it or so excited. Do you excited. think it was nervous? I think it was more they were I, I mean didn't... if they're the sort of roughs I'm thinking of I'm thinking like teenage boys who are like right let's go and cause some shenanigans. How, how old do you sound right now? I know. I'm just, I'm just to be flagging fair, that. I am in my 40s. I'm just flagging that to you. My husband told off a, a young girl for throwing glass the other day. You know, he, was, he came back in and he was like, I'm such an old man. It's like when you're compelled, <laughs> someone drops some litter and you know, I think you've dropped something. Yeah. I think, you know, do you want to go back? Thanks. You know, or when you open the door for someone and you go, no, thank no, no problem. Like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I see what you mean. But I would you know imagine what? that in the end, the more terrifying thing was the roughs. Yeah. That's it. And it's like, you know that they're just looking for a good opportunity to go and course it's like a good excuse to go down to somewhere and cause some trouble yeah and it does sound quite fun to be fair but i i kind of when i was looking at this i stumbled upon there's two blogs that i look at all the time i think we I'm should doing, have that on our gravestone what's that i stumbled across i stumbled across <laughs> that is true though it's very rare that you actually find something directly if yeah. you're looking for a story you yeah. actually do stumble across it and then you write it down and we, we had three this week coming yeah, in, didn't we? Yeah. Exactly the same way. Yeah. Looking for something else, three more stories pop up. That is that's why we're so good. So but there are two there are two blogs that I use all the time and they're both incredible. One of them is the Mile Cross Man's blog, that's Stuart McPherson. Oh, I have um, come across and him. he writes extensively and brilliantly about this part of Norwich. The other one is Colonel Unthanks, Clive Lloyd's. I just bought his new book actually. He's just written a new book about oh, I had to unusual some things in Norwich. And it looks amazing. Yeah. And he is, both of them know their stuff. Was it like a sideways look at Norwich? Sideways or look at Norwich, like that? that's right. Both of them are absolutely powerhouses of knowledge about Norwich, and I use them all the time. I'm sure you do too. They're brilliant. I don't, but I will. She does. But really. that's why we she kind of does because I write them well, and then I say that yeah. we do. So it's a royal we. We use them. <laughs> Um, and on the Marcross Man blog, who is Stuart McPherson, he said, I don't believe in ghosts as such, but if there was ever a place that felt like you might encounter one, this is that sort of place. And he's talking about here. Especially when the sun is dipping low and the shadows start to creep their way slowly across the undulating grass. We are on it. We're on it. Hiding the fact that most of this green space is still very much a graveyard. 
If you're inclined to believe in that sort of thing, ghosts and ghouls and whatnot, this site has previous form. It seems this secluded graveyard was the scene of a spate of supposed apparitions of the Grey Lady, garnering a lot of interest from quite a few. Victorian ghost hunters started camping out in the graveyard to try oh and get God, a glimpse so of her. This supposed grey lady must get about the country as she seems to haunt everything. I reckon she must be knackered by now and was too tired to reveal herself to me unless she's into the possession of medium-sized mammals. If so, she's now responsible for a couple more of my remaining hairs turning a little greyer. So, That's really interesting because in the article that we've got, it doesn't mention, or there's a tiny mention of a grey lady, but that's revealed a lot later yeah. on. So yeah. in the original one, there is no mention of what it looked, what like. It looked like, or you know that it might be a grey lady. So, so that's really interesting. He obviously knows so much about this area and yeah. has spoken to people who have heard talk of this grey lady, mm. which it's isn't actually isn't documented in many other places. Yeah, he knows his stuff. He is he yeah. is the expert in this very. Yeah. He's, really passionate about Marcross. Marcross gets a bad yeah. rap. He's quite passionate to put back, mm. you know, the history. That is this part of Marcross? This is hi- part of Higham. I mean, we are on the very boundary of Marcross. Okay. Marcross is kind of there. Okay. So in this so piece, he's, he's... You are. You said if we're about to go past your house, I live completely outside yeah. the city. Um, and he's kind of saying that when you walk around here, this area, you see how much this part of the city has actually changed mm. over the years. And the the crossroads that we're close to the S here is an hour and the pub here which I can't remember the name of the, I don't oh, know why you're gosh, looking at me it's, it's right next to the Marcross tip oh it will come oh, to me uh, you know the one are big, we near the tip? you the tip's that's behind us that's we got engaged is it? have <laughs> you forgotten about that? oh we've come somewhere special do you want to go back remake that <laughs> yeah. moment we could i can go down on one knee if you'd like and uh, we can do it all over again um yeah we are close to whatever uh, that pub is the name of which oh, i've forgotten and it's huge and it's by the, oh, near the river yes that one so we are there and he's kind of saying if you exited the graveyard through the original church gateway which is right over Behind here us, yeah. and is next to that crossroads you would see that this kind of runs past this very interesting collection of buildings and along this road you've got Dolphin House, I was you've say got it's a dolphin house the Dial House, you've got loads of remo- reminders of what was here mm. and that was in Higham, that mm. was Higham Village and now it's part of Norwich, it's but on it the But it was edge. actually a village by itself. Yeah, so it says in the Victorian era Higham had gone from being a quiet riverside village and had become a tightly packed working class quarter of Norwich where the predominant style of buildings was 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 small Victorian terraces, mm. still built into the early 20th century, and that there was a shoe factory, the Swan Laundry was here, there mm. was a swimming pool. So, by the time Hitler popped over, on in April 1942, and this tower fell on the first night mm. of the, the Baudelaire. Is that how you say it? Yeah. I wasn't sure how you said that. So this was the night my mum's house was bombed okay. when she was two years old, yeah. which is just over the way. Yeah. So it, it was, I think, gosh, I think 372 people or so died mm. that those two nights. And it, this one also, if you go to the bottom of St Benedict Street, close to where Toys R mm. Us was, there's a tower there. Yes, I know where that was. That fell yeah. the same night as this. Okay. So you kind of—it's quite sobering, really, isn't it? Yeah. Like, to think that, yeah, this that happened in one to night. This in, in that's one right night. in front of us. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, it was 
so it was reduced to a tower that night um, and that was yeah April 1942 part of it was repaired in 1976 and then they just left it left it so just to kind of go back to the story we found the first bit mm. and then about a year and a half later I stumbled across <laughs> obviously um, another piece which was in the the return. the return of the Higham the horror of Higham mm. um, it was a, a piece in the Eastern Daily Press on in November 1872 and the author of the piece said that the entity was visiting nightly and then it goes on to give a description of what what it was um, so it says a weird and horrible form that has scared strong men almost out of their wits and thrown women into fearful fits of hysteria Sigh. that's really int- like it that's must really be sexist but what what were people well yes what were people seeing that absolutely like terrified them so much well we have a description we do <laughs> So it says, um, part ghost, part beast, Ooh. eyewitnesses gave differing descriptions which led the reporter to assume the Higham horror was able to change its form, which is interesting. At one time, at one time it is a tall spectral figure arrayed in white sepal... Sep- I even I can't say this one. Sepatural S- garments? In white garments. In white garments. <laughs> At another, it is a dark, grim form, suggestive of a certain old gentleman not named in polite society. And at a third, it is a shaggy, satyr-like shape with horns and a bull's hide, hideous glaring eyes and other infernal attributes. Infernal attributes. So it is all things to all men? Yeah, maybe... What would you prefer to be? Um, I would be least scared of the... A simple, sure, all, like, religious garments. I would be least scared of the spectral figure, although the tallness of it, I don't know. Oh, it's come on. Like what, that, like a, um, I think that's going a bit far, just tall. I didn't say slender man. No. I think I would prefer that to a shaggy, satyr-like shape with horns, a bull's hide, hideous glaring eyes mm. and other infernal attributes. I wonder what the other infernal attributes are. I feel that that is lazy reporting, because if something's got infernal attributes, I would like them listed. Yeah. Don't just put and other... That is really slightly But and also that sounds a bit like... So it says it is a dark grim form suggestive of a certain old gentleman. Well, that's basically the second description anyway, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We do all know who we're talking about in a certain old gentleman, don't we? Well, I imagine so. Yeah. We're just not going to say his we're name now because we're scared Let's he might call him. <laughs> Don't call him. Let's leave him behind. Um, and then it goes on to say it is the subject of gossip throughout the day but after nightfall the timid speak of it with bated breath as if they feared to meet the terrible form mm. believers in ghosts for there are a few of the, these old fashioned people in existence Rude. bearing in mind this is 1872 um, suggest that it may be the spirit of some unfortunate malefactor who for his misdeeds was hung in chains years ago beyond hangman's lane we will be talking about Hansman's Lane in a different episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was like hideous and terrifying, and no wonder the roofs came down to kind of like see if they could find it. Yeah, or just have a good old gander at it. Frankly, mm. I mean, the Reverend, which is mentioned in the first part, he 
actually, so the story then goes on to like say about his experience. It says, even a reverend living in Higham was seized by the hideous object and distilled most to a jelly with the act of fear. He later took the lecture, lecture platform to claim the creature was not real, but when those that listened to him discovered that he'd actually seen it himself, his words yeah, were that's ignored. That's quite a fail, isn't it? Yeah. Don't go telling people you've seen something that distilled you almost to a jelly with the act of fear and then say... Oh, it wasn't real. Oh, it's not real. It's don't, get, don't get over the top. Stop roughs coming. I mean, you either see it or you don't, don't you? Yeah. You know? But yeah, so it says, after this was sighted, gangs began to gather at home, clutching wooden sticks to attack or perhaps level the spirit with am I trying to be funny there maybe like spirit level maybe if I am as I failed though I needed to put that sentence all the way around I would revisit that if I was <laughs> rewriting it if that was my intention there was a report that a policeman had discovered a man wearing a bullock skin with horns erect and who switched about his tail in a truly <laughs> diabolical manner but this story was later found to be untrue too so it's a really interesting one because it's, it's kind of a story of like urban myths really isn't it and and that kind of um spring-heeled jack yeah like just all of these rumors and, and people we are, saying may i just mention that we are not that far from briggs favorite the bogeyman of guildencroft the guildencroft bogey is not far from where mm. we are now so within you know so particularly if you're a bogey yeah. Very close. Yeah. Easily so, Gadabra. Yeah. He here. could easily have come here on his travels. Um, I looked into uh, a few other bits and pieces around this, which is, I got, again, went down one of my rabbit holes. It's all about the saints for me at the moment. Okay. I'm having quite a few... Yeah, every single episode so every far single has, episode has got a, a saint. Has got a saint. And I'm very much enjoying their deaths, or not enjoying or, them. We know how we feel about this. Yeah. We don't like a saint who hasn't bothered to have an, an end. That an kind exciting of, I kind end. of, why are you being sainted, you yeah. know? I mean, although is um, Mother Teresa a saint? I think she is. I think she and is. And she probably did deserve I that. Think, yeah. But St. Bartholomew, one of the 12 apostles of Jesus. So um, he's the, the saint that this church is He is the saint to. that this, this is St. Bartholomew's. He's said to have been martyred for converting the king of Armenia to Christianity. Um, if you fancy honouring his martyrdom, which I imagine you probably do, Obviously. and you've got time, because it's August the 24th. Um, so there are three stories about his death. Pick your favourite. Um, one is he was kidnapped, beaten unconscious and cast into the sea to drown. Oh, OK. Gets better. Another account states he was crucified upside down. And fan favourite, uh, he was skinned alive and beheaded in Turkey. Yep. Yep. That's the winner. So, and he is the most prominent flayed Christian martyr. During the 16th century, images of the flaying of St. Bartholomew were really popular. <laughs> Everyone had them in their front room. Um, he is most represented being skinned alive. He Symbols associated with him include knives and his skin, which he holds or drapes round his body. He's in Michelangelo's Last Judgment painting with the knife and his skin. Do you know if there's any depictions of him in Norfolk in any of the churches? Not that I found, but I can tell you he's the patron saint of tanners, plasterers, quite grim, isn't it? Mm. Tailors, leather workers, oh, bookbinders, <laughs> farmers, house painters, butchers, glove makers. He's super popular in Florence and Tuscany, and he's also associated, which made me feel a bit um, ugh, with salt. 
Salt. I mean, for bear in mind, he was flayed. Mm. And his miracles that he he did was mainly things with that were heavy, uh-huh. like lifting L- them. Like lifting heavy, so he was... Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he was an ex-man. Yeah, so that's the saint that we have here who's quite grim. And, Do you um, think anything did... Was it just the roughs messing about? Well, or we say, did something the, actually we say it all the time. You know, you don't just... You don't just pop along to look for a ghost unless someone's seen something mm. to you. I mean, you have to remember this is an area that wouldn't have been lit. It would have been dark. It would have been... It's very close to the river. It would have been close to allotments at night. Those mm. No one would have been on them. So this was a quiet place. Kind of rich for ne'er-do-welling. Yeah. And I also wonder, although I don't know, you wonder if there was any... Because mist often forms near rivers doesn't it yeah you wonder if there was something that you can see the mist drifting from the river over here quite easy to think you've seen you could something. imagine somebody saw something at first and then the roughs kind of egged it up and maybe dressed up and so then more sightings of the more elaborate looking ones rather although than they just... say that that whole bullock dressing up thing was yeah, not was proven to be untrue i mean that seems it, i can understand the ghost and i can understand i can certainly understand somebody seeing the ghost of, of, of somebody who was religious because frankly mm. that might have been actually someone religious who was here yeah you actually know? just going about yeah. their business just being a bit warm and, 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 and if it's like someone having a bad day if it's somewhere that's usually quite quiet yeah. you might not be expecting dark. to see someone and, and they then... didn't have correctional visit, vision then no. did they I wonder how much of that I was thinking about that the other day because I didn't have my because without my contact lenses I'm literally practically what, blind what is it like so blurry that someone looks like a mist they don't look like a bullock with demonic attributes. I'll tell you that. Actually, I do, but that's different <laughs> in the mirror. But um, I kind of wonder how much... Because sometimes my eyesight in one eye particularly is very bad. Um, and I had to wear my glasses the other day, which are hideous and I don't think I've and, ever seen you wear your glasses. Yeah, do you know, I went downstairs the other day wearing them. And my son obviously hadn't seen me for years of them. And he actually kind of took a step back. I think, I don't know who he thought was coming downstairs to you know make a cup of tea maybe a demonic creature <laughs> but um i do wonder how much of ye olden days mm. sightings are actually due to the fact that you know if it was you or i we wouldn't be able to see bloody anything would we no if i don't have my glasses on yeah. it's now starting to rain so just one more thing do you think as people are walking through here they ever actually think this is a graveyard because that wasn't my first thought when we walked in here Unsurprised. Normally it would be like, but I was like, oh, this is a nice park. And then when we sat down, I was like, we're in the graveyard. Just looking at two people who just walked through, and I don't even think they lifted their heads to look at the massive great tower in the middle of the. No, they didn't. You know, I don't think. I would imagine you don't see anything if you come in here all the time. Yeah. Um. I would imagine also that this is transported at night. Yeah, we, it'd be good to come back at night. I think, because there's no light. Although, there might be some roughs around. Yeah, well, that might be you. <laughs> from true crime to football, Brexit to folklore... For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant.